Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me as always is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Spooky, scary. We're back. In Real Deep podcast is back, and we're back for horror month. We, are, we did this last year. If you look in our archives or on inrealdeep.com, we talked a lot about horror movies, and we thought there was no better reason to get back into the podcasting game and resume our great, great show than to use October to talk about horror movies yet again. Yeah, I love October. There's a lot of great things happening. Got baseball playoffs and football and spooky stuff. And, and my birthday. Oh, your birthday? Okay, yeah, cool. That's, coming. That's I'm expecting a present. What are you going to get me? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> podcast episodes. <laughs> your yeah. undying affection and 35 minutes of your time to record uh-huh. a podcast. Yep. Yep. Every few weeks, usually. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll take that. That's not bad. Yep. I know that your time is a very precious thing these days. I know. I know. Yeah. I'll 35 minutes. By an hourly rate, that's that's a lot of money. Please thank your wife for, for letting me steal you away for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, we'll do. <laughs> so today, Andrew, we are talking about Hereditary. If you have not seen Hereditary, it came out earlier this year, actually. It's a very recent horror movie, and it was very well received. It made a very good amount of money. I think it was the biggest hit in A24, the uh, production house, the independent uh, production house's uh, career or history of its existence. So it was a it was a relatively big phenomenon for a horror movie. And Andrew, I think you you saw it before I did, and you recommended it. And I will say it is. One of the, it's not scary the way there's no there's very few jump scares though there are a few but it is definitely has some images that will sit with me for a very very long time. Yeah, and I think we talked about this quite a bit, um, or at least I did last year when we did this series, which everyone should go check out. We did it follows Rosemary's Baby and uh, the Thing. Those all stand the test of time. A year later, you should watch scary movies in October. It's a thing to do. But anyway, I talked a lot then about how, to me, like great horror is less of a sort of a thriller, heart pounding thing, and more of like an unsettling feeling that you get. And uh, this is a movie that I found to be, I wouldn't say deeply unsettling, but definitely uns- very unsettling at, at, at moments. And uh, that was perhaps exacerbated by the fact that I had some sort of like GI stomach issue while I was watching this at home. <laughs> but that's kind of what being unsettled is like. It's like kind of like feeling nauseous all the time, which is a terrible feeling. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I, you know, to me, it fits the fits the bill of of I wouldn't call it great horror necessarily, but, you know, good horror. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of crap horror out there, so it's it's hard to be good horror, I feel like. And it's a very, you know, it's, it's the director, his name is Ari Aster, and it's his first movie he wrote and directed it. And it definitely, though, there, you know, it, it's it's low budget, and there are moments that are a little cheesy, and there's a little bit of clunky exposition at parts, but it definitely feels like a fully realized vision, you know, in a lot of ways. It, it feels like a guy who, at least visually, and the moments that stand out, he knew exactly what they were, and he knew they were unsettling and uncomfortable and he put them out there with no reservations and i think that was one of the more impressive elements is though though there are not it it does fall into a weird sort of subgenre of horror and that it doesn't it does it subverts expectations and it does some things you don't expect and it goes some places you wouldn't think it would go but it always feels very coherent and very just consistently the tone is very consistent and very strange and and uncomfortable throughout and that is very impressive 
right down to the very beginning. Well, I mean, the whole so the beginning of the movie opens on basically a, a miniature house version of the house that this whole screenplay will take place in. Um, and it kind of pulls back and uh, you realize that um, the the the. I guess the main character, I almost called her the hero, but I don't think she's that. Um, <laughs> Tony Collette is like sort of a, I don't even know what kind of artist this is, like someone who creates all these miniatures. Um, and then that miniature sort of becomes like a, a largely part of the visual language of the whole movie. Um, you kind of don't know sometimes it's because of that trick in the beginning, you kind of don't know, like in certain moments, am I in the, Am I in the miniature? Am I out of the miniature? You kind of wonder in the back of your mind, like, is the miniature somehow going to be involved in it? In the end, it just kind of ends up, spoiler alert, sorry, it ends up being, you know, just kind of a really another creepy thing that is going on with this family. Yep. And and, yeah. and a visual sort of motif that he goes back to yes. the bookend, the movie at the end, yeah. Yeah. Which, which, as we were talking about before, it, it does make you, you do think the last twist is going to be, oh, it's all a dream and in the right. miniature world but nope it's just a fucked up thing that happened no, no <laughs> t- tony tony collette is just weird and likes to do miniatures <laughs> and is so. also insane probably yeah yeah before we yeah, go too well, far andrew we've gotten into it it's such a good movie to talk about let's do beverage of choice let's talk <clears> about what we are enjoying while we talk about this movie i have a spooky rolling rock from the Trove <laughs> brewing company why do you even have a rolling rock? Because it was on sale at the liquor store near my house, and I bought them, and it is 5.30 here, and I didn't want to go out and buy more drinks, so I drank the last beer in my house, which was a rolling rock. Wow. I haven't had... <laughs> rolling rock was like the de facto keg in college at the University of Maryland for me. But I have not had a... I don't know... I don't even know if I've ever drank drink, drank a rolling rock like out of the actual bottle. You had a very only... visceral reaction just there, so I can tell... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I just, it reminds it's not me great, of but it, it cheap, the cheap beer. Yeah. Oh yeah, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to like being, you know, upside down and drinking it, you know, off the edge <laughs> of the kick. So. <laughs> I, I just forgot that was a beer that existed. I'm sure you have something way better though. So, uh, yeah, I have a Vict a spooky victory sour monkey. Uh, which is the the monkey the golden ale monkey golden ale which is like a very strong Belgian beer um, but this is a sour version of it so it's made with spooky Britannomyces yeast. <laughs> We're just gonna use spooky as the adjective for all of these things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. So we got drinks and we got hereditary. So I will say, looping back to my initial thoughts before we watch this, the trailer I recall made it feel like it was going to be a very traditional horror movie, I think. It was the girl, the young girl, Charlie, is going to be creepy and scary and possibly mute, and Mm -hmm. they're going to be haunted, and it was, you know, and and crazy stuff was going to happen. And it was a pleasant surprise to me, at least, that it was, especially in the beginning, it was a very slow and contemplative and deliberate sort of movie that had the big moments that left out, but really just sort of moved at its own pace. And I was glad it did not. I was glad that the trailer was misleading in that way. I imagine some horror fans showed up waiting for the big scares and then were like, Oh, yeah. it's a real movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, 
Yeah, and then what happens? I, I'm saying you're kind of celebrating a big plot point here, which is oh. kind of grisly. <laughs> it's weird to say celebrating in this in that context. Well, you're like, it's, it's great that she's. It's not about the girl. That, <laughs> and why is it not about the girl, Steve? Because the girl's head gets smashed off halfway through the movie. Correct. <laughs> yes. Is, not just. I... Not just smashed off. Like, let's talk about the... I don't even know how you think... I think it's fucked up that they even thought of that death. Like, I think that's a very fucked up death. And, like, this is post, like, Saw movies and stuff. So, like, that is a very... She's, like... First of all, she's allergic to nuts. She eats nuts at a party she's not supposed to be at. And then she sticks her head out the car window of their Volvo station wagon. And it's smashed off by a telephone pole. Which, I don't know if that would even logistically happen that way, but... It sure happened here. So <laughs> I will say I knew. So I knew that the girl was not going to make it through the whole movie because of some dumb podcast I listened to earlier in the year that, for whatever reason, touched on Hereditary. But so when I saw her eat the cake with the nuts in it, I thought, oh well, she's just going to die at this party, and that's going to be horrifying enough because then the brother's going to feel very guilty, and that's that's plenty bad. Like a child dying in a movie is jarring enough in the first place. Dying of a nut allergy and your throat closing—that's that's that's more. Than enough to rock a family to its core, but no. Instead, her head gets smashed off, and then that starts a continuing theme throughout the movie of heads being removed for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she removes the bird's head before that. She does. So, That's true. That's the first head to come off. Wow. I think is probably probably some sort of you know demonic uh, foreshadowing or something like that. But um, definitely fucked up. I, I certainly thought that when I saw that her cutting the birds because i remember when i started i said oh this girl's not that bad like she's a little weird she looks a little you know, they obviously make her look even more odd but she's just like a quirky girl and then you see her cut the head off the bird and you go oh never mind <laughs> like no, she's cutting something... up birds she's got yeah. something going on <laughs> yeah i mean you could say that the movie takes a real left turn with <laughs> someone's head hanging out the window yeah. and a telephone pole right on the edge of the road sorry uh, i'm done now well, but it is a shot. It's a very shocking moment. Like I had no idea, and I mean, it didn't. To your point, it didn't. It didn't scare me or make me jump. I was just. It just. I didn't jump. I jumped it, then for sure. It was jar. Well, yeah, I guess I did, but it was like it was jarring the manner of the death. But then to your point, it was also like, oh, like I, I like I'm in a car and I really don't know where it's going now. Like I, I like because like you, I thought it was this was going to be all about this girl. This yep. creepy girl, and and I'm like, oh, okay, like this is we're going somewhere else. I like, and and really to your point, also like after they spend basically 45 minutes with that the camera on that girl, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, her and Tony Collette, who's the who's her mother, um, you know, which is, I mean, I guess it's it's always fun when that happens, and then the movie doesn't like fall apart, also like which it doesn't. So yep. um, although it certainly gets weirder and and sort of. <laughs> difficult to like the the layers of the onion are all of a sudden like you feel like you've got more to peel back but and as shocking as the actual girl's head being smashed off is then we sit on alex wolf peter the brother and he's just sitting in the he's you know you don't usually see the aftermath of those things in movies you know when something crazy happens you don't spend 45 seconds after that with the person watching them process what just happened and i loved you know as much as i hated it i loved the camera you know just 
being there and watching his face as he realized what happened. Like, what do you do at that point? Like, I think that really, the fact that they, they moved into that sort of direction afterwards was wonderful to me because I think, you know, contemplating how you respond to that scenario as him, as the person who inadvertently killed her, as the parents who then have to deal with more grief after her the, the grandmother just died. Like, there's so much to go. And like you said, it doesn't, it sort of goes even way beyond that at a certain point. But just the, I, my favorite parts of the movie were were Alex Wolf and Coney Collette arguing at the at the dinner table, and yeah, then just Alex yeah. Wolf in general, like watching him try to live a normal life after he yes. he just killed yeah. his sister. Yeah, and it's 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 that whole thing is also kind of a misdirection because it is just his normal life, and he's just going through. Like I kept like you know they're like smoking pot under the bleachers or whatever, and I kept expecting something scary to happen, like him to see his sister's. Uh, like a vision of her headless corpse or something like that. But like nothing really happens to him until, you know, a little bit later, um, you know, when the, when the plot sort of accelerates, but there's like another long stretch where you think, you think something's going to happen to the other kid. And it's really just him like trying to go through the motions of living his life uh, after decapitating his sister. (laughs) Not just saying Un- that unintentionally saying that so but... much is absurd <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but and so you referenced a movie that we did last year rosemary's baby and you told me when i watched this that i would have you know it would harken back to that in some way and it's clear at the end how it does but when i was thinking rosemary's baby i was thinking the mother so i was spent a lot of the movie watching tony collette waiting for her to be sort of that mia farrow character which is ultimately proven right that it is the baby of the devil and that they are trying to get her and that it's all real and and that's true to a certain extent but as very at the end as you said has very little to do with tony collette it's just she is a pawn in a demon's game to inhabit her son <laughs> she's just she's she's crazy she's legitimately crazy but she's also legitimately right and that something fucked up is going on and then she's out of the picture and then she's basically uh, a ghost or a dead person who is now can move around and is praying for the rise of the demon and her son and so that is that's also insane to say out loud and it's shocking and i don't know if it's good but it is definitive and it is strange and it certainly is not something you'll really forget in terms of an ending yeah and like tony collette's whole character is like a giant i mean this movie is just i'm now realizing is like just full of head fakes you know like her whole character is a head fake you think there's some mystery to unwrap with her and but basically what the movie tells you the whole time is no, that like everything she's like, you're right. Everything she's crazy, but everything that's happening to her, she's right about. And you're convinced that there's going to be some, something wrong or different with her or some big reveal. And there's not really a big reveal that's related to her. There mm-hmm. is a big reveal, but it's not, it's not related to her. And she just, Tony Collette, we should just, take a step back and say that like she's fantastic in this movie she especially because she, she does she's done roles like this before of a very similar yeah. sort in a couple of things and yeah. so so when i initially saw her you go oh doing another scared mom like you know or just mom mm-hmm. she plays moms and everything to some extent you know yeah. or it feels like yeah. she does yeah. and but in this one she really turns it up to 11 and leans into it and is amazing and and it's an insane movie and she sells her own insanity and the ridiculousness of the movie both so well yeah, I don't really know what to say, uh, but uh, other than you know, she's just she's just terrific in the movie, and I, I think you're right. Like the the two scenes that sort of jump out, and there are many with her, are, are um, 
are the the one where she's bickering with her son at the at the dinner table and she just unloads on him and it's kind of like that whole scene was like you're kind of like waiting for that to happen and then even when it it finally starts to get going you're kind of again like shocked at the end of everything she says and I don't know. I don't even know if that at that point, if you're rooting for her or like feel bad for her. So I don't even know what you're supposed to feel at that point. And then the other one is where she's like literally lighting a book on fire. That's then turning her like then having her arm light on fire. And that is just really just it was just great acting because she just she believes she commits to that so hard. And then and by extension, her character, her character does. And, and um, she made a face in that scene when she puts the fire out by stomping out the book. She has a look on her face that is so oddly just like accepting and like and probably reassured, you know, in her character's minds. Like, I'm right. Look, I'm like, this is a magic book. And I figured it out. And like, it's sort of, I feel like in her in her mind in that moment, she's going like, yep, I get it. I get it. Which is which, but, but like you said, which is a great point. You you're you really don't know which way to go. Like, is it good that she's unraveling this mystery, or do you hate her because she obviously, or you at least are you wary of her at best because she has some sort of imbalance. She's horrible to her son. She's not really processing this grief in any sort of productive way. Yeah, she's yeah. not. You know, it's just it does. She's not. There's nothing to really root for beyond that. You you're expected her expecting her to be the protagonist and to be the hero <clears throat> or the mystery solver or something along those lines. But in another faint she's just a crazy character who is who maybe is right but it doesn't matter or help anything yeah yeah uh and i guess i think the other scenes that are great with her are the ones with um with ann dowd who is uh the this sort of woman who's sharing in the grief uh and then basically starts doing cat uh, starts doing like a, a seance with her, right? And Anne Dowd is uh, will be more familiar to people who have seen The Handmaid's Tale. She's um, Aunt Lydia, who is a very memorable character. Uh, like th- those scenes are also just like sort of gold, cinematic gold, uh, horror gold. Um, so yeah, it's just you know, I-, I think the other thing that sort of struck me is like there's not really and I'm thinking now of the, the miniatures and the state and the sort of staging of this, there's really not very many sets or pieces to this. And there's really not very many characters um, that get any sort of screen time. Um, and it's, and so it's very simple and it just focuses sort of relentlessly on these characters for two hours and eight minutes until they, until the sort of that big reveal comes. So, yeah, it's very, there, there's not many characters and there's not, a lot going on and right. their their lives are not unhappy necessarily but they're not happy so there's yep. really just a lot of but not even not necessarily in a depressing way just sort of like we said like there's just not a lot to root for like you're basically mm-hmm. you're basically hoping they don't all get murdered yeah and then they really do pretty much all get murdered <laughs> yeah. pretty much yeah they so uh, pretty much all get murdered yeah <laughs> or they are alive but possessed by their younger sister who is also a demon and that's probably i'd probably rather be dead i think if i had to choose i, I guess so. he's probably dead he's not there anymore so yeah, i think that's right i think that's right but it's just it really is just 
It's it's and, and it, those are not things that I think jump out at you when you watch the movie. Like I think you and I, are, I'm 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 like realizing these things as we talk that it you know that, that you'd put it so well and that it does have it does so many little subversions here and there that you just are the, and and really the best word for that is is again unsettling. Like you just you keep waiting for it to do a thing that you expect, and it's not like in the it follows way where it's like openly subverting or playing upon your expectations in like a like right, we're right. in on the joke together kind of way you know like look at me right, i'm subverting right. tropes this is just it's not yeah it's not meta at all no it's not, there's it's no meta fucking with you because yeah, that's yes. the way you wanted to do it you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes it's it's like lowercase h horror or something <laughs> like that you know like it's it is it's insidious uh, kind of it's more it's sort of like ooh, yeah. like you, you feel like no don't do that that's not how you do it Man, Ari Aster, don't be an asshole. Don't make me so yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, well, and it's, it's strongly, so it's it's unsettling and it's strongly character-driven. So the characters are very well-developed, um, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more shocking when, you know, things start happening to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's very very good horror and it's you know and and, it, and what we're trying to do in horror month I think is talk about movies that sort of take a different route or go down a different path or or like you said approach horror in a unique sort of way or a different sort of way or just do not necessarily check all the boxes you would expect them to check and I think this is a great example of one that does exactly that so yeah and I have seen only two horror movies this year this and A Quiet Place and I I thought this was superior to a quiet place personally dead, dead kids in both too so that's true that's yeah true. so that's kind of but a, a quiet place i was gonna say like the 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 i think the contrast and I'm, they're not really very comparable movies and i think they're both they're both uh, a quiet place is is has very strong components to it um but like the difference is and and this goes back to the sort of point about the difference between being unsettling versus like a thriller or something that tries to sort of scare you or keep you on edge is that like a quiet place in my view and i think in your view kind of like runs out of steam at some point mm-hmm. like it just it can't keep up that kind of and it's not impossible for movies to do it but it's very difficult for movies to kind of keep when it when when thrill when a thriller edge of your seat thing is going on it's it's very difficult to kind of keep that going for a long time whereas hereditary takes a totally different path and settles for that like unsettling thing and because it's character driven and because its goal is to sort of just be unsettling and fuck with you the whole time it's it's much more effective and can string it out for longer i mean this is a much longer movie than a quiet place too and um but you know Anyway, not not that you have to choose. You should probably see both uh, this year. But no, but, it's uh, a good comparison though, because a quiet place. You know, if the first hour of a quiet place, you would never assume that the last shot is going to be Emily Blunt cocking a gun. You know, right, like you'd be like, right. "What the fuck? Like, why? No, that's not the point at all." So I remember that was the one regret I had about that movie. Is like, come on, this you're you're making a sequel and she's cool and now everybody's happy and they're fighting aliens. Like, no, they were terrified out of their asses and that was great. So that was, and this one, the you know the the only similarity is that they pack a the, the only tone change in this one is they do shove a lot of exposition into the last twenty minutes or so. Yes. All of a yeah. sudden you find out everything, and yep. then but it doesn't get any less weird. It just sort of no. it, and, and that allows it to use the first you know hundred minutes to like you said make you feel very uncomfortable, and then it rushes through some plot, and then the end is completely insane, and then the movie's over. <laughs> Well, that's why like I, I I compare it so strongly to um to Rosemary's Baby because, I mean, 
there is the the demon thing going on, but that is also the structure, in my view, of Rosemary's Baby, which is to focus on a, a, a s- small set of characters for a really long time, and then have this, and have weird things keep happening to them, and then have this what like WTF reveal at the end, where you're like, what, what just happened? <laughs> like, Why like, is Charlie's head on a mannequin as like yeah. she's a god? Like, oh yeah. my, that was so fucked yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least there weren't ants crawling all over it or were there at that point? I, don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't know there might not have been ants there but there were plenty of ants otherwise so oh my gosh never yeah. a lack of ants yeah yeah great I movie mean, though definitely worth seeing for sure if you, if you like being, if you don't mind being uncomfortable I, I'm, just, I'm looking around audiences gave it a d plus and cinema score because probably really? they were like oh no do not like d plus yeah wow it's kind of like I just, I, it's very easy to go into it. I think, you know, I, I thought it was something totally different and it does not, it, you do sort of have to appreciate its little, cause you can look at it on a total surface level viewing and be like, no, this just does. Why would I want to watch this? Like it does not make me happy. It does not even make me think it makes you think, but it mostly just think about how strange it is and how uncomfortable, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. If, if you're not like a cinephile, if you're not someone who wants to unpack things, you're just left feeling very sad and uncomfortable. And I can see why that would not be a benefit to many people who just want to have a nice time at the movies, you know? Yeah. Is this the thing we're doing where it's two guys who really aren't that into horror who are talking about horror movies and (laughs) horror fans are like, you know, I don't know. It's it's like us reviewing a DC comics movie, except the other way around, you know, (laughs) yeah, right. Exactly. Well, well, Probably a little bit, but whatever. It's good. Good's good. I like. Uh, I think one of the things that we talked about a little bit when we did this last year is horror movies are great, but I also like them as movies. Like I think they. I, yeah. I, I don't get the thrill. I don't want to go see a. Ba- I don't want to see a movie just for scares or for yeah, jumps right. or for that. Right, like right. I want to have some merit beyond that, just because it's not a genre that I particularly enjoy. So when we see yeah. one like this that has real skill and talent behind it, like I get super excited because that's yeah. not always the way it goes, which is neat. Yeah. Well, and 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 I think it's like it's also. It's it is it has a lot of mystery to it, and in fact, there's not really there's some mysteries that aren't really they're either not resolved or you know you kind of have to you kind of have to sit with after you know like like you said like it, at the end it's like okay this is payment some demon from a book you know but like is he gonna take over the world or <laughs> are they just gonna like have naked you know, bonfires would be like the nine of them. Like, I don't know what, like what's going to happen next is, is the point that like doom is coming to us all, or is the point that this demon destroyed of this, you know, one by one destroyed a family. Either way, it's like creepy and horrible uh, in a good way, but it's like, it, it you know, it, it kind of sits with you. You got to figure out what to do, what to do with what you yeah. just saw. And I, and I bet if we asked Ari, what happens? He'd be like, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's not at all the point. What so, happened is I detect- decapitated a 13-year-old girl in yeah. the middle of the movie. And they paid me money to make that happen. And I, yeah, and then I had a bunch of like middle-aged dudes hanging dong at the end. And you were like, <laughs> this is a great movie. 
Can you imagine like going to Millie Shapiro's? I think she's on Broadway. I think she's been doing this for a while. But still, you go to her and her family and you say, hey, we'd love for you to be in this movie. We're going to kill you in maybe the most memorable way a child has ever been killed in a movie. Or at least the most visceral way ever been killed yeah. in a movie. Do you want to yeah. do this? Like, how is that? Like, you have to. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing you got to sit with. And like as a family, like, hmm, this is gonna be pretty fucked up, but it will be memorable and it's good for her career. You know. I also feel like she looks just enough like the girl from eighth grade that this could just be a very bizarre, oh, man. like, version of eighth grade. I actually <laughs> had to look that up. I'm like, is this the girl from eighth grade? I don't think it is, but it kind of looks like they both her. Have, like little, like interesting looking face, like very distinct faces, and yeah, yeah and a little awkward looking, a little strange looking. <laughs> Fair hair. Yeah, know, yeah. You, I would love to see them switch roles. That would be great. <laughs> Remake both movies and <laughs> see how that goes. Like a universe blending. You <laughs> yeah, know? sure. Yeah. The, the eighth grade hereditary universe. Push them together, yeah. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, well, Andrew, that was the first film. We're, we're cutting horror month short a little this month. Instead of three movies, we're only going to do two. But we have two real good ones and two real new ones. We just talked about Hereditary. Coming up next is The Witch. And I know you're very excited about that. You've been telling me to watch The Witch for quite a while now. And we figured no better time for you to revisit it and for me to watch it for the first time. Yep, I have the Blu-ray sitting sitting on my shelf. It's still shrink wrapped in the plastic, so I, I will I will bust it out. My wife's not a big horror person, so this is not. I don't buy a lot of horror movies, but this is I, I liked it enough that I that I was gonna buy that, and uh, I, I think it's it's a great it's a great movie. Will she watch this one with you, or will she just let you watch it by yourself? No, hell no, 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 <laughs> no. no. Well, no, you'll get one it. watch out of it at the very least, so that's good. It's an it's another A24 creepy one with kids. So Yeah, we love A24. If A24 wants to sponsor us, please, if you hear about this podcast, send Just us money. A24 lager. We'll take a six-pack. <laughs> yeah, brew some beer and send it our way, please. That's all we ask. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Andrew, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man. It was wonderful to chat with you. It was great to talk horror again. Yeah, what's coming up on the on the on the blog? Oh, I, I coming can't. up on the blog. When when you're listening to this right now, you will be reading at the very least a Venom review and oh. also maybe a Predator review. I am <sighs> really trying to summon the strength to review Predator. It was maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. No exaggeration. It was that fucking bad. Oh. It was a nightmare. Oh. Which is a shame. You think Shane Black? Well, you normally like Shane Black. I, I enjoy the Predator franchise in theory, and he was in Predator 1. You think this would be the great melding of everything, but man, it is just a nightmare. Yeesh. That's too bad. I mean, yeah, I forgot it was Shane Black, and the last two movies he did were like, what, Nice Guys and Iron Man 3, which were both really good. And Kiss I like... Bang Bang before that, which I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So. I like Nice Guys a lot. That yeah, was a too. great one. Loved it. And he's just, it's terrible. As no, you, if, his, <laughs> if his name wasn't on it, you would have no idea. There's, there's a couple of quippy things that you can sort of see but it's just it's just a big mess like it sucks so i'm gonna try and you know summon this i have a lot to say but i just hate revisiting it in my head because it was so awful but venom i'm literally as i'm recording this i'm leaving my apartment to see venom the second we are done and i bet that's gonna be a mess too but a fun mess that i'm excited to review so maybe i'll be surprised maybe you'll go to inrealdeep.com right after you listen to this and you'll see a glowing venom review but i would not bet money on that 
Very strange sequel to The Revenant um, with Tom Hardy. <laughs> with Tom there, Hardy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so check those out. There's some good reviews up there. We're going to, you know, it's MoviePass is gone now. I no longer am a MoviePass user. I took my refund. So less reviews, unfortunately, than that wonderful stretch in the summer where I was seeing a movie every couple days. But we are getting close to Oscar season. So as horror season Rob <laughs> wraps up, we're going to hop into Oscar season. There'll be plenty of good stuff then. I think it's already underway. You got a Star is Born that opens tonight, That's and uh, and then what the first Man movie with J- Damien Chazelle directing and Ryan Gosling. I don't know if that'll be an Oscar movie, but it seems Oscary. I bet it will be. I bet at least a couple. But I, I could see picture and and a uh, director for sure. We won't have to talk about the best picture or best popular picture yes, this year. We, we, Too we, bad. we called that one on our podcast. Called too. the shot. Yeah. <laughs> Go to our it's, archives and listen to us predict that that will not be a yeah. thing. It yeah. sure wasn't. Accurate prognostications <laughs> from the Enreal D podcast. Our finger is on the pulse of the Academy. Yep. We're in their heads now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they, I, I, I'm told that zero to one academy members listen to this podcast so <laughs> that's good i would have taken the under on that so if we get big, one that's amazing big influence <laughs> we're influencers uh, that's amazing. uh yeah all right andrew thank you so much as always thank you everyone for listening and we'll be seeing you further on up the road adios <laughs>